All right, uh, welcome back to The Right Hook. It's uh, that time of the week again when Dr. Kira Kelly drops in uh, to help me diagnose various difficulties that you have uh, with your health on The Right Hook Health Checkup. Dr. Kelly, welcome to the program. Thank you, George. You can answer some of the questions. Okay, yeah? perfect, All right. fair enough. Yeah. And then if you want to send me a question, of course, on Kira and I will handle them. And, and we will, if we miss them this week, we'll stack them up. 53106 is the text message. Now, definitely the first one for you, Kira. My partner, Emma, says, has been diagnosed with homochromatosis. Anything she can do to help her partner? What is it? Hemochromatosis, George, is a condition that's sometimes referred to as the Celtic disease because there's such a high rate of it in Ireland. Um, and we have lots of people who have it and lots of people who are carriers of it. It's a is genetic this iron? condition. Yes, wow, exactly. Yeah. Well done. It's a high level of iron. So your your iron storage is too high and you're storing you know, iron within the body. So sometimes people will have a bronzed appearance. Yeah. Like they look tanned almost. Um, and they're not particularly tanned. It's hemochromatosis. Um there's probably not much Emma can do, although it's nice that she wants to help. Um, I, I would hope that her partner's condition is in hand. It's manageable. Sometimes people have um, a thing called venesection where they have, um, they, they actually drain off a bit of blood to reduce the richness of the blood. So they actually... Draw off blood? Yeah, they actually... Sure they used to do this to Henry VIII. Bloodletting. They used to cut fellas. <laughs> Well, right? we're still doing that today. <laughs> we haven't come that far. Some things never change. No, exactly. But I suppose the best thing, if Emma was thinking about what she might do, is is her partner would probably benefit from a low iron diet. So he wouldn't necessarily want fillet steak or spinach or Guinness or fortified breads or cereals or all that right. kind of thing. Okay. But that's really all. And other than that, I'm sure it's in hand. You shouldn't worry too much about it. And it is very common in Ireland, which means that we're reasonably good at managing it because it is something that we see a lot of here. All right. Another thing we see a lot of, I have to say, uh, and it, it must be terrible, uh, and I have some experience with my father, um, is skin uh, uh, disease like psoriasis, you know, and you have, yeah, you, you have, Shane has had it since he was seven. You know, but yep. then I'm going to put two questions together, if you don't mind. Um, then uh, the, a person is 40 and the eczema is worsening with age. Um, Dave, now he's wondering, he's taking all these medications. The eczema guy is worried, should he, does, should he take an allergy test? And then poor old Shane, he's been taking Enbril injections, which is the most powerful drug known to man. Got rid of ninety percent of the psoriasis, but now he's heard about new wonder drug. Do you know the new wonder drug? Actually, I don't know which wonder drug he's referring to because there's a couple of things coming down the line. Um, here's the thing: psoriasis and eczema—they're both forms of dermatitis, and people will be familiar with them. Um, psoriasis tends to look like sort of round, purplish, scaly discs on people. That's your commonest form of psoriasis there are other forms and eczema tends to be just that dry scaly skin that sometimes hits the front of your elbows and the backs of your knees and that kind of thing so they're, they're very common conditions and, and they're managed and they're a nuisance for people with regard to the to the allergy question certainly I have patients that say to me that their eczema or their asthma for that matter because they're sort of linked improve when they go off dairy or stuff like that so there is probably a link between 
allergies and an immune response and your 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 sort of eczema type dermatitis. I would suggest for our, our pal, obviously, with, with the psoriasis, if he's on embryo injections, I imagine his psoriasis is pretty bad. He's under the care of a dermatologist. He says it's done, it's cleared 90% of it. And he's hoping to get rid of the last little yeah. little bit. Um, I think we, we'd have to pass that one to the dermatologist in his case, George, because I would suggest he's somebody who's on okay. a sort of disease-modifying immunotype medication that... Uh, that's might be slightly beyond our, our, our skill set here on the right hook. Isn't there a connection with these and and sort of nervous complaints as as used to be yes. described in previous generations? No, absolutely. That your nerves had something to do if with If you are stressed, yeah. your psoriasis and your eczema will get worse. And right. that's to do with the fact that when you are stressed and you're a bit anxious and you're a bit all over the place, it has an effect on your immune system, which has an effect on your yeah. dermatitis. So there's a kind of a complicated interaction. Now, I remember that when one of my daughters had head lice, right? <laughs> I thought, you know, my God, what has happened to us? Like, we're shamed. And then Ingrid said to me, all kids, uh, girls get head lice. Now, therefore, I have a, a question. 12-year-old daughter has recurring head lice problems. She's tried everything. What does she do? Because no, because the usual thing is nobody else in the house has the headlines. I would say, do you know what's happening there with this poor kid? And and I've seen it myself and that I, I was writing about this earlier this year because we've had a run this year, my own kids with, 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 with issues. <laughs> my kids have been killing me now. But the, here, here's the thing. Never had it for years and suddenly having it. And I'm treating them and treating them and treating them. I think what's happening there is they're getting reinfected in or infested, really, in schools. Um, you should be able to kill head lice with an over-the-counter preparation. Right, like Lyclear or, or, oh, or, 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 you know, there's, there's, a, there's a load of them anyway. Oh, and they, you go into the chemist and you say, give me one of them. And you stick them on your kid's head. But then there's a couple of other things that need to happen. First of all, you need to do loads and loads and loads of fine combing, which is a real pain, George. It's a it's a fine comb is one with the teeth of the comb are very, yeah. very close together. Yeah. And when you run it down the shaft of the hair, you can remove eggs to prevent further hatching of, of head lice. So you need to keep at that and you need to keep at that every night. Well, well shouldn't you therefore... Uh, you need to cut. inform the school. Shouldn't, no, but shouldn't you cut the hair there for? That sometimes it does come to that because if you, she said a twelve-year-old ball like yeah, but, no, no, I know, but, but she's talking about her twelve-year-old daughter here. Most twelve-year-old girls currently, the fashion is to have really, really long hair. Oh yeah, like two foot long hair down to their down to their waists. They all have it, um, and that may be part of the problems too. If you want to keep the long hair, you need to be fine combing every night to make sure you've eradicated all the eggs. But you need to inform the school because not only does your daughter have have the head lice, but the people she sits beside have the head lice, and you bring her home, treat her, and she goes back into the school okay. and Mary but passes this is it nothing, back to her. This is not do that you're living in a dirty house. Do you or know something? what I actually truthfully think it's to do with is the fact that the public health nurses used to go into schools and treat the head of every kid in the class at the same time <laughs> and suddenly head lice weren't a problem and that doesn't happen anymore right. and what's happening now is we're relying on families to do it and they are doing it but they're doing it sequentially so Murphy's do it this week and Kelly's do it tomorrow and Hooks does it the day after and they're passing it one to another that you're clearing one kid's head but their neighbour in the classroom still is infested and it passes it back to them. All right. We should go back into the schools with the public health nurses who will not be happy for me to say this but treat all the bloody heads right. at the same time. But I think I've asked you this question about me now. This is the next question uh, because I think I have hay fever for the first time in 70 years because I'm, I'm sneezing and I'm wondering. It's rampant. But how can I get it in my 70s? Like, But anyway, I'd prefer to deal with the question. The 
lady in Wicklow who has it. And she says, driving her mad. Despite Kira's eye drops, Kira's nasal sprees, Kira's oral histamines, everything. Uh, and she has shortage of breath and tightness yes. in the chest. Uh, she's 41, but do, does she need to go to her she, friendly GP? I think she probably does if she's short of breath, to be honest. But she has made a very good point. She has linked, she's saying, I don't just feel hay feverish now. Yeah. I feel like I'm getting asthma. Could Could that be the case? Yes, it could, because they're pretty much the same condition. And you can throw eczema in there, too. They're all sort of a hypersensitivity or a hyperreaction of the immune system. And basically, hay fever, which is a, a kind of a colloquialism for allergic rhinitis, it affects your upper airway. But the same condition, if it is affecting your lower airway, is asthma. So this person probably does need like a Ventolin inhaler, basically, for their shortness of breath. But if they're this bad and they've tried their sprays and their antihistamines and every other bloody thing, what they'll actually need to do as well is probably... And we're, we're guessing because we're, we're on the airways, but they may well need a course of oral steroids as well. I think this person needs right. review. OK, but listen, can, do you mind coming back to me? I mean, it's not all not like all about her, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not, all not about, about the listeners at all. No, 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 no. You can but, develop it at any time, I mean, George. If I came into your surgery and said to you, like, because I'm, I say this about me, but I'm sure there's a truckload of people like Truck me. Loads. I'm sneezing now all the time. Yep. That never happened to yep. me before. Yep. My nose is running yep. all the time. Yep. That never happened to me before. Is that hay fever, he asks? Very likely, yes. Or allergic rhinitis, because hay fever, I suppose, truthfully, is specifically related to pollen. Yeah. But you could be, rela- you could be co- yours could be caused by dust or by drinking milk or by a load of other things that you could have become oh. sensitised anyway, to. Anyway, listen, I go over to the New Zealand chemist on the corner and ask him for what? You should start off simply with a bit of antihistamine, a bit yeah. of Vaseline up the nose, and maybe even a smidgen of Vaseline in at the corners of the eyes. All right, OK. All right. Any other 70-year-olds suffering from, or thinking they're suffering from hay fever, text me at 53106. Cost form a support cents. group. Uh, this 30-year-old female has a tingling sensation in her uh, genital area. Yes, I read that and part of me was wondering was it actually a real query or was it someone who just tries to get you and I to have these discussions well, I, I, every I, I, week. I and deliberately I, felt the same way and I didn't do any of my famous... Uh, and I, I asked him, I wonder, are you the person texting? Um, I'm not sure if this is a good thing or a bad thing. I'm not sure if this person is, is, is suggesting that this is a problem or not. Um, if this is somebody who has uh, an unusual sensation... Could they have something wrong? Yeah, they could. They could have an STI, which is a sexually transmitted infection. But I suppose realistically, the commonest thing that they're likely to have is something like candidiasis, which is a yeast infection um, that you do see more commonly in the summer and in heat and stuff like that. Um, And you can get over the counter caniston that might work for this young woman. But I mean, uh, yeah, all right. I wasn't too impressed. Yeah, but we don't really know where they're coming from on this one. And the other thing is, I would say is, look, only this listener knows whether they're actually at risk of sexually transmitted yeah. infections, etc. If they are and there's a concern there, go and get yourself checked. All right. Yeah. Now, listen, you know me. I, I have a big thing about constipation, so I understand it very well. Because, And I really feel for this six-year-old boy, uh, okay, yeah. suffering from facial impactation. Now, this means that that the feces has impact, compacted, really. Isn't that right? It's a solid it's, it's wall. A solid there, wall. So yeah. he's got fairly severe yeah. constipation. I recognise what they've done. The GP has given him Dufalac. 
and now movie call. Yeah. Never been a fan of movie call, I must say. No. Well, I've taken five times the recommended di- 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 dose list, never done any good personally. Uh, is there anything else that can be done? But then there's an added one which I got me. He's got him it compacted, and then he has no control over his yeah. bowels, so he soils his pants. Now, how does this happen with the six-year-old, given that he has compaction? Because how can he control it? If you give him Dufalac or movie collar or something, naturally the kid is going to be out of control. Right or wrong? No, absolutely right. Let, let's give this one two minutes because this is important. Yeah. Um, what's happened to this poor kid is they're, they're still very constipated, very constipated. Yeah. But above the area of constipation in the bowel, there is liquid stool. And what's happening is the liquid stool is trickling down around the blockage and you're getting liquid stool hitting the rectum where where the rectum doesn't want liquid stool because it's not supposed to be there and the the rectum can't hold it. And now this person has uh, soiling and incontinence. So this kid is in, in trouble. What do we need to do? Well, we need to go hard at the constipation and they need to probably stay home for a day or two and it needs to be hit with Movacol and stool softeners until never there will be leakage there will be soilers there will be all of that but until the hard impacted stuff is but, gone but, 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 uh, but like, this kid will be holding George because this is going to be painful correct. this kid is resisting going to the loo correct so there's a couple of other things that need to happen as well as really going aggressively at the constipation this kid needs to be sat on the loo after each meal for five minutes to see what happens and to try and toilet train them again even though they're six okay and when everything is gone and the stool is now soft okay you, you've, you've, you've budged the constipated yeah, stool yeah, yeah. and you're, you've reduced the, the stool to very soft because this kid's bottom is sore yeah. very very soft stools you stick them on the loo three times a day so they get used to going well, again yeah. and it'll be about training their bowel and you actually can work at this and beat this they'll also probably need a little cream for their back passage because this is going to hurt them alright the, the point is when you're an adult like me and, yeah. and you get it like you know I mean it's it's. I think there's nothing worse by South it's very know. sore and, no, but also you want to go you want to go you want to go but you can't go yeah, like. yeah. and in fact a very good friend of mine in Cork um, it, it pushed so hard that he actually damaged something else you yeah. know so, now a six year old who hasn't got that kind of understanding that's quite difficult but we're kind of, a, you, with respect, Doc, you're kind of assuming this is a one-off. So that once we fix it, we're home free. No. The problem with constipation is there must be an underlying reason, either diet yep. or something else. Yes, you're absolutely right. So the diet needs to be looked at. It needs to be high in fibre, which is cereal yeah. fibre is the highest fibre. People always absolutely. think it's fruit and veg, but it's cereal fibre, bran fibre, all that Correct. stuff. Get rid of all the white refined carbs they're all like wallpaper paste in your bowel so this kid needs brown bread Weetabix porridge bran flakes as well as fruit and vegetables as well as probably fruit juice as well as the medication it'd be really interesting to look at his diet yeah it'd be diet really needs to be looked at diet is is, is an absolute it's fundamental component. yeah and kids often their diet isn't ideal they like lots yeah. of white bread and stuff but he also needs to have a stool very very soft that he doesn't hold on to it because of his sore bottom and he needs to be stuck on that toilet three times a day alright now can I answer this one? And Go then, for it. Uh, no, I'm but sick like, of my own voice. You're yeah, dead yeah. right. Uh, uh, listen, uh, I wonder could the doctor comment? Well, he wants you to comment. <laughs> but anyway, I'll comment first. On a medication regimen I've just come out of. He's depressed, right? And he's on stuff. So he was on Valium, Ligactyl. Ligactyl, yeah. Yeah. Mellory. Mellaril. Mellaril. Yeah. Mellaril. 
Clopixon yeah. and Rohypno, Ro yeah. right? Yeah. Now, you recommend them casually every day I do day not recommend on. them casually. Anyway, he's on a pile of stuff. Yeah. And then he says, getting off meds was harder than the depression. He's worried. He shouldn't be worried because uh, I now put to you, like I'm questioning really on his behalf, it's going to be incredibly difficult to come off this stuff, isn't it? It is. And and to be honest, looking at that regime of medication, first of all, he's on a cocktail of drugs and, and, and he's on some very heavy drugs. But why he's is on he more, on a cocktail? Well, he's on more than antidepressants, I should point out as well. And he's on more than anti-anxiety medication there. So so in addition to the sleeping tablets and the, the tranquilizers, there's antipsychotic medication there and stuff like that. So I would suggest this person has quite a complicated and complex mental health history and that this is somebody who, first of all, should not come off the medication without, you know, supervision because you can react badly yeah, to coming off yeah. all this medication without supervision. Yeah. I'm not suggesting that they shouldn't have their, you know, because he is on a heavy cocktail of medication. I'm not suggesting that maybe there isn't a better course of action for him. But this this guy is on quite a strong cocktail of drugs. And I would be very wary of somebody with this cocktail of medication this kind of treatment just stopping or anything. So, so but somebody must have told him to stop. Well, I, I, I would suggest that this one is above our pay grade in that even yours, George. That, no, I agree. That, that, and that, that's why that this is a treat, complex yeah. mental health. Well, you see, I, uh, the reason I get so upset about these is I saw my mother on a cocktail yeah. of stuff yeah. and the cocktail of stuff made her mad. I mean, yeah. she was, she was, that's a guy said, well, George, you know, your mother is mad, don't you? She mm. comes off, you know, somebody looks at the cocktail and says, well, she, you can't have A and B at the same time or whatever. And as soon as they sorted out her medication, she was better. She was the woman I loved. There so are people over medicated. There's no question. I'm only saying is to this man, he has to be really concerned about this. Yes. Yes. And, 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 and this is advice. and this is a heavy cocktail, but I think he certainly needs to be talking to um, his psychiatrist about his regime of medication, because this kind of medication would be altered only slowly and incrementally. Yeah. But 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 I you know he's on a heavy cocktail. Cold turkey there, doesn't sound no, like and it's actually idea. dangerous. Yeah. Um, so I would suggest that there are certainly side effects, sedating side effects to this medication. But that doesn't mean that you just stop it overnight. This guy needs to have a proper right. chat. In, this wouldn't be one for us. You, even yeah. with your and my <laughs> superior skills, George, this is one no, but for I a face-to-face -face consultation. Yeah. But I, there's two questions I want to take. Okay, go I have a text, first of all, in the headlights. Uh, they, they got rid of it by combing, as you recommend, and the treatment with tea tree and lavender in the shampoo. A lot of people use tea tree oil because the headlights don't like it. And you can also get tea tree conditioners and you can leave a little bit in. So your hair is a little tiny. Your kid's hair is a bit greasy. And so it's harder for the eggs to grip on. And it's easier, in fact, to, to comb the, the, the eggs All away. Right. But there is a bit of work. And I'm damn sure if this family, and I think they are because they're coming to us because they're dead into their tether, is actually repeatedly treating this themselves as this girl is being reinfested by a pal in school or All somewhere right. else. Okay. 25-year-old. I want to take this one. Go He's playing it. soccer, right? And he bumps his rib. It's now protruding slightly and is uncomfortable to breathe. Now, it's amazing. Like, how many people crack mm -hmm. a rib or even break it, but particularly crack it, and don't know they cracked yep. it, and they carry on with this uh, 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 pain and everything. 
and don't get it looked at. It's extraordinary that the rib seems to worry people less, doesn't it? Well, I think that's largely because most people know that if you do crack a rib, we're not going to put you in a You're cast. Not going to die. <laughs> well, you know, we're not going to we're not going to say, yeah. "Oh, here we, we we wrap that up and bind it around." The, there's no treatment as such, other than yeah. something like anti-inflammatories for the pain yeah. if you're in a lot of difficulty. The only thing is, is if someone's having breathing difficulties, yeah. it might be no harm with a chest wall injury to have a chest X-ray oh, yeah. and make sure that everything is okay. Make sure, and it's very unlikely that they would have such things as a pneumothorax or whatever, which is where a bit of air has gone into the outside of the the lining of the lung, but it's probably no harm in, in having it checked um, and it's also very important even though it's painful to to not just engage in shallow breathing because what a lot of people do is because it's sore to take a deep breath they take these little small little right. gaspy breaths and what happens is is you end up with a chest infection because you're not actually using your lungs like the All bellows right. that they are right. in and out in and out secretions pool in the base of your lungs and you get pneumonia so the one thing I work can tell lungs. you alright the one thing I can tell you absolutely certainly is it, this is the slowest healing injury known to man, isn't it? Well, it's a, it's a nuisance to people, yeah, it is. Isn't it? It goes on forever. It like. goes on for a while. All right. Uh, what's the other one I want to do? It a great one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, unfortunately, Dara Kilmartin subbed for you when you were in his holidays. We really should be giving this one to Dara. Okay. But I'll take it instead. Go on. Dara is the, the uh, ophthalmic surgeon I had. I started using glasses about two years ago for reading. I've recently noticed that my eyesight is getting progressively worse. That is what happens, isn't it? <laughs> Don't you get your first set of reading glasses and you say, great. I just had a bit of a problem with the phone book. Well, people don't use phone books anymore. But, but yes, know I, I know mean. Bit of problem and you're with holding the phone it book. further and further uh, away yeah, from yeah. you. So then you get 1.5. Then suddenly around 2. Then you're on 2.5. Because, as my mother would have said, your eyes have now become dependent on the glasses. People often worry about being dependent on the glasses. Also, your eyes are changing with age-related, uh, just, you know, becoming more far-sighted. People, people often can still drive with no glasses and can read signs down yeah. the road, but they can't see. They have to hold the menu in a restaurant yeah. at arm's length. Oh, that's and, me. And all that's that me. kind of stuff. Um, look, if you have a rapidly changing prescription, though, George, you love when I catastrophize things. Oh, if yeah. you have a rapidly changing prescription for your eyeglasses or... A, a, a swinging prescription so your eyesight is getting better and worse and it's not sort of All staying right. with any kind of constancy um, then you should go back and have because your eyes you checked Because you could have glaucoma You could have something whatever. else going yeah, on. Yeah, but this yeah. person it does sort of just sound like a bit of bad luck that the uh, the eyesight is just progressively getting a bit worse. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, the the uh, what is uh, I've had a, a variocella do you know what that is? Or a, a, a varicocele. A varicocele. Yeah. A varicocele. Is this varicose veins? A varicocele is generally speaking... <laughs> we get them every week. It's generally a collection of varicose veins, yes, in the scrotum. Um, and what happens is people sometimes... Do you get varicose veins in your scrotum? Do you get varicoseals in your scrotum? So it's, it's like a kind of a collection of blood vessels All that right. are a bit dilated. Yeah. And it's very often a problematic. He's and had it for 16 years yeah. now. It depends on what age he is. The only real problem is, is if it's very big or if it's very painful, which it might be in, in a minority, I should point out, of cases. Occasionally when people are trying for a baby, 
a varicose. You know the way the testes hang outside the body because you want them. I'd to be, never noticed because yeah. you want them to be cooler I'd than never the rest. Noticed cooler than the rest of the body. Correct for optimum fertility. And there is a technique in which you should never wear. Well, I, I remember we were told. Uh, in is this brother Echinacea or whatever his name? No, is. brother Echinacea. No, this was in college afterwards. It you should never wear white fronts because they didn't keep the testes cool and therefore you could be impotent and and we young fellas scared of impotence never wore Y-fronts very good I can't reply to half of your anecdotes but that's on true. air um, I mean, coolness of the testes yeah well coolness of the, of the testes they hang there because for optimum fertility the sperm yeah. needs to be about two degrees colder than the rest of the body so a varicocele which is a collection of warm blood yeah can in the same way that heated uh car seats or cycling or things like that that warm up your genitalia maybe beyond what they should be um, is occasionally in un, unexplained sort of infertility in couples is sometimes implicated. But if this guy is past that stage of his life I wouldn't worry about that at all. All right. What about the fellow who's on blood pressure meds, cholesterol meds, and usica acid medication? I think he means uric acid medication. I would. Does he? I'd say, oh I yeah. Doubt I'd say he's talking about there. Yeah, Utica actually is a, a city in New York State. Uh, they, 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 so he's got pains in his knees. Yeah, he was wondering where they... Related? I don't think so now. What do you mean you don't? You know bloody well they're not related. The only thing is, you see, we, we have to try and throw a broad net over all the things. Sometimes if cholesterol did, medication gives aches and pains. Let's be honest. If you could solve all these problems with a reasonably simple and straightforward answer, you wouldn't be worth 60 quid a, a trip plus that. So it's absolutely vital that you come up with some... You know, Long-winded yeah. old waffle. Um, here's the thing. Sometimes people on statins for cholesterol do get aches and pains, but that's, that's why he's asking the question, I yeah. would guess. But that pe- aches and pains doesn't normally localise to your knee joints. No, it's kind of generalised muscular aches and pains in your shoulders and your backs and your hips and your yeah, legs and everything. Yeah. So I would say, are they related? No, I'd say it's, your, your, it's your age, son. Arthritis. That's what it is. Yeah, I'd say so It's too. coming to you like it's coming to all of us. <laughs> all right, well, there's a fella coming on now in a minute and I'm going to talk to him about his knee while equally talking to him about the open golf. Very good. All in the same interview. Wonderful. I can't oh. wait. <laughs> All right, that's Dr. Kira Kelly. She'll be back next week. All your queries and questions to 53106.